When I was in middle school, I so badly wanted to experience God in a real way. I had read all throughout scripture about all the amazing things that he had done. And I wanted to experience some of that in my life so badly. And this church used to be way more Pentecostal than it is now. And so for any of you guys that don't know what that means, it's just a little bit more wild. And, and any given Sunday, I would be sitting behind someone who would just in the middle of just the worship time. Like our worship time right now is nice and chill. People raising their hands. That's about the strangest I get, it gets. Um, but they used to scream out in tongues. And I would be like, why are you so angry? We are in the house of the Lord. Like, I didn't understand it. And it was just like, what is going on? But I would always hear about these stories of how God would work in these people's lives. And it would always blow me away. But then there was always this kind of weirdness attached to it. And then I remember another time, so vividly, in this room, two people in the middle of service just started running around the room. Like, just doing circles. And I was like, what in the world are they running from? Like, what is happening right now? If this is what it takes to experience God, then maybe I don't want any part of this. This just seems a little bit too weird. But there was a hunger in my heart to want to see these things happen, to really dive deep into Scripture and see if God still did these things. And so as a young middle schooler, I set out that I was going to experience God. And one of the verses that I used to use as a reference was this, is that Jesus, right before he left his disciples, said that we will do even greater things than he did if we believe in him. And so I said, all right, Lord, I want experiences. I want to know how real you are and see your power at work. So I'm going to try and do some miracles. And I think it's partially because I wanted to be an X-Man and like say I had like some superpowers that I could do something crazy, but partially because I wanted to experience God so bad. And so one time I went over to a dirt hill, right? It, it was really big. And I decided that I was going to tell this dirt hill to move. I was going to walk right up to it and say that it needed to move from this side of the room to the other side, right? And so I said, I put my hand out and everything. And this was out in public. So it's probably really embarrassing. I hope no one saw me. So I kind of put my hand on it and I start praying and, you know, nothing's working. So I put my hand on it again. And I'm like, all right, dirt, move. And I pick some up and I throw it back on. Nothing happened. Not anything. Like this one rock started to roll down. I think that was God like mocking me like in the middle of that. But I was like, God, I hear about all these amazing things you've done. Why can't I even get this dirt pile to move? Another time I was um, at my pool and I decided I was going to walk on water. And some of you guys have heard this story before. I was so confident I was going to walk on that water that I set up a video camera. Like, it was going to happen. I was going to walk on that water. In Jesus' name, I was going to claim it, right? And so I walk out, and I just sink instantly. But I had so much faith in my heart. God, why did I sink? And I want to ask you guys a question tonight. As believers, where do you stand with all of this? Do you actually believe that God can do the impossible in your life? See, I think we're okay with him being up in heaven and him being real. But when it comes to the impossible, we kind of think, you know what, maybe that was something back in the Bible time. God doesn't do those kinds of things today. And we think he forgives our sins and he's good and he watches over us and he protects us. But when it comes to doing the impossible, man, God simply can't just do that anymore because I've never seen him do it. So It must not be true. So where do you stand with that tonight? I want you to search your heart as we work through this tonight. Do you really believe that God could do the impossible in your life? Is there anything 
that's too hard for him. I want to read you guys a verse that was kind of my setup for all of this. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, it said this. He said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So here's what's happening in this verse. Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, and he goes off for a little bit, and his disciples are hanging out, and a boy comes over who's possessed by a demon. And it's a really bad situation, and this boy is really suffering. And so the disciples do everything they can to try and get this demon out of this boy. Nothing they are doing is working. And so they're getting really upset. So finally, they take the boy, and they go to Jesus and say, Jesus, we can't do this. We cannot get this demon out of this boy. And so Jesus looks at the boy, prays a simple, quick prayer, and the boy is healed. And then he has this conversation with them. And he says, nothing will be impossible for you. That you can go up to a mountain and tell it to move. If you have just a mustard seed of faith. Now, it is really, really small. A mustard seed of faith. So Jesus isn't saying that you need to have all this crazy amount of faith. He's saying all you need is this tiny mustard seed. And you know what? There have been times in my life where I've prayed for stuff and I really thought I had a tiny mustard seed of faith. But it seemed like there was no answer on the other side. No matter how hard I prayed, nothing seemed to happen. And so when we go through things like that, we can simply think that God doesn't do the impossible anymore. That he doesn't work that way. But what I want to do is challenge you guys. And maybe there's something that we haven't been doing. Maybe there's a reason why we're not seeing these things that we so badly want to see. And, and here's what's important to understand. Jesus isn't just saying that you can go up to a mountain and tell it to move just to tell it to move. Things have to go according to his, his will. When our will on earth and his heavenly will line up, that's when this stuff happens. And you know, so you can't just say, all right, I have a tiny mustard seed of faith, so Jesus, give me that pony that I want so bad. Like, that, that, that's not how this works. Like, I've heard people take this out of context and stretch this. I'm not saying you can get whatever you want if you have a tiny mustard seed of faith. It's things that go according to his will and according to his plan for your life. But let's talk about some of these real mountains that I think you, that some of us have, that you guys have. One of them is a relationship. Some of you guys have this really difficult relationship that you're in right now. Maybe it's with a parent or a friend, and this mountain, so to speak, just won't seem to go away in your life. And it is really making you upset. It's bringing a lot of difficulty in your life, and you wish that this relationship would be different. You wish that this relationship would change, and it just seems like it gets worse day by day. That is an example of a mountain in your life that God would love to move. For some of you guys, there's someone sick in your life. And that can be so difficult, seeing them walk through that day after day. And that is an, another example of a mountain that you are facing today in your life. So what do we do with these mountains? Do we just let them stay there in our lives? Do they just get to torture us and mock us? Or can we do something about them. For some of you guys, it's an addiction that you have right now. And you have thought to get rid of this thing so hard. You said that 
Things are going to be different. I'm not going to turn back to that. I'm not going to look to that. But that mountain just seems totally immovable in your life. All of these things, guys, are examples of mountains that God would love to move in your life. These line up with his will. And so if we have a tiny mustard seed of faith, he will move these things in our life. And the problem is, too many of us have these mountains all around us that we've collected throughout the years. And we've just gotten so used to them. They are a part of our lives. And God's saying, if you would just believe, I would move these things and make a way where there seems like there is no way in your life. But so many of us have just gotten so used to mountains in our life. And here's probably the biggest reason. And here's the reason why in my life I've let some mountains stand. And I haven't had the audacious faith to ask more things boldly from God. It's because I've been through so many things where I didn't get an answer. And so now I'm afraid to pray bold prayers. I'm scared of being let down. And I think some of you know what that's like, that pain of asking God to do something and the quietness or the silence on the other side of it can be so disheartening. It can be so difficult when you're asking God to do something. And then another situation comes up You just don't have anything left to pray for that mountain to move. But tonight, I want to give you guys some hope for these impossible situations. I want to remind you of who our God really is. It's time for some of you guys to get some curiosity back, to want to push a little bit deeper in God, to want more than what this life tells you. See, God didn't want you guys just to collect all these mountains in your life. We were meant to have this bold faith that changed the world around us, yet so many of us are just settling for ordinary life. I want to live a life like the Bible talks about. I love this one instance in Scripture. It is one of my favorite verses. Peter is just walking, right? And he's hanging out with another disciple. And they're just doing their thing in this Beggar comes over to them and says, hey, do you have any money to spare? And they say, no, silver and gold have I not, but here's what I do have. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And they just keep walking, and that man is instantly healed. Man, that's a picture of what I want to experience. I want to know more of what it is to tap into God's power, to really see that nothing is impossible. My prayer is that some of you guys would want this too, that you wouldn't be okay with the ordinary, letting these mountains taunt you in your life. Let me tell you guys this, is that divine breakthrough won't happen for people who kind of want it. This is not something that you go into half-heartedly, something that you kind of want to happen. If you want to see mountains move, then you go after this with all of your heart. and You believe that God can do it. And so if you're going to just kind of dip your foot, so to speak, in the water, it's not going to work. Because God sees your heart, and it's always about the heart. But if you desperately want to see this, then you will. You'll be a mountain mover. And God is looking for young people who will step up and really live this, and walk in this, and fight for it, and believe it. And so what's at stake tonight is whether you're going to give up or not. My hope is that maybe, you know, in a room this size, that maybe two of you, and I know that's a little bit low, would really take this seriously would walk out of this place tonight and say, God, I want to experience you more. I want to know what this power is like. 
And if you do, the great things that you will see in your life will be limitless, guys. Please catch a hold of this. But some of you guys are going to start praying for these things. And there might not be an answer right away. There may be no sign in the distance. But will you give up? Or will you keep praying? Will you make a choice? I wonder how many times we don't see mountains move because we give up right before the breakthrough. See, sometimes God calls us to wait a little bit. He wants to know that we're fully in it. He wants us to know that it's him that's doing it and not our prayers that are moving the mountains. See, that's a fine line sometimes. When something like that happens, it can go to our head really quick. And sometimes God wants us to know that it's him that's really working and doing these things. But will you give up or will you keep pushing? And, t- and tonight we're going to look at some scripture of some people who are faced with this same exact thing. And we're going to look in Joshua chapter 6. This is what it says. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. So Jericho knew that the people of Israel were coming and God had promised them some land. And to get to that, they had to go through Jericho. They had to take down the people of Jericho. And this seemed like an impossible task. These walls were really high. They were fortified and it was strong. And now God's telling them that I have given you this land and you will take Jericho. Guys, when you're meeting resistance, it normally means that the enemy is afraid. So sometimes you and I start praying for something, right? And it seems like the walls go up, so to speak. That everything just got really difficult. And we're like, God, I'm praying for you. Why did things get so hard? It's because your enemy doesn't want you to take what God has promised you. God has promised you guys so many things in Scripture. So many things that you guys want to experience. Real joy, real life, and peace. So many of you guys are so far from that today. God has given you these things. And you're trying and you're pursuing them, but it seems like a wall is up. That's because the enemy is so afraid of you guys getting to those things. And he knows if he can just put up a little bit of resistance, so many of you will give up. So many of you will walk away before you claim what is yours in Christ. And so they are met with resistance, yet God has promised this to them. And it seems impossible, but God is in the business of impossible. And I want you guys to ask yourselves this, is what happens when what you're seeing doesn't match what God has promised you? What happens? In life, that will happen a lot. God will give you a word or promise you something in Scripture. And everything around you seems like that could not be farther from the truth. What do you do in moments like that? Do you kick and scream? Do you whine to God? Or do you let faith take over in your heart? Do you cling to that tiny mustard seed of faith that you have in those moments and say, God, I believe that you have promised this to me. So move this mountain in my life. Let's go to this next verse. You shall march around the city. All the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do this for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark 
On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a loud blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. Now, this sounds ridiculous. And to you and I, it sounds really crazy. But to them, it was just as crazy, guys. It's like, let me, let's, let me say it like this. It's like if you really liked a girl, or, or girls, you really liked a boy, right? And so you decided that you were going to get your trumpet or your trombone or whatever instrument you play, and you were going to walk around her house seven times until she started to like you or the walls were going to fall down, right? You were going to play some careless whispers, some mediocre vibes. You were going to do whatever it took to get her to fall in love with you, and then you were going to shout at the end. Sounds insane. And to them, this sounded just as crazy. They were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. That was God's presence in the Old Testament. There were some artifacts in there that represented God's power on earth. And they had that. And when that would move, God would move with them. It was a sign of his favor with them. And so he says, all right, Joshua, this is what you're going to do. Get the people to do this. Seems impossible. Seems ridiculous. It sounds insane and crazy. But Joshua trusted God. Joshua believed God. And it's so important that you guys catch this. This is the reason why Joshua trusted God. It's because he'd been here before. He had known what it was like for God to do the impossible. And you and I have seen God do the impossible too. We just forget about it really quickly. We forget about all the breakthroughs that God has done in our lives previously. See, for these people, they didn't get to walk through the Red Sea. This, that generation has already passed. That generation died with Moses. And after Moses, Joshua took over and he's now the leader. But you know what? God had done something th- huge through Joshua. They needed to get through the Jordan River and it was flooded to get to the promised land. And there was no way for them to get through. It was blocked and it was impossible. But God said, take the Ark of the Covenant and you and the people walk through that. And there will be a way where there is no way. And so Joshua trusted God in the middle of the impossible, in the middle of this mountain, so to speak, in his way. And as they did, the water parted and they were able to get through it. And I just want to read to you guys this verse that God speaks to Joshua after they had done that. It's Joshua chapter four. It says this, for the Lord your God has dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all people of the earth may know the hand of the Lord is mighty. God was just showing off in those moments. And Joshua remembered. And he asked Joshua to do something very important. Now this is just two chapters before where we are right now and what we're talking about tonight. Just two chapters before. He asked Joshua to build a monument to remind their hearts of all that God had done in their lives. See, there's impossible situations that you and I have gotten through and we've been through in our lives, but we forget about them too quickly. Maybe we need to start building some monuments in our hearts to remind us of what God has done when a new mountain comes, that he can do the impossible, that he wants to show off to the world and show the world that you're really his. And so he is mighty. And Joshua knew this and he took this going forward. 
So let's look at this next verse. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of the ram's horns before the ark of the Lord walked on. And they blew the trumpets continually. And the armed men were walking before them, and the rear guard was walking after the ark of the Lord. While the trumpets blew continually, and the second day they marched round, round the city once and returned into the camp. So they did this for six days. So interesting. I think every time they walked around, Joshua reminded himself, God, you can do this again. God, you did it once. I know that you can do it again. And that is a great thing to remind yourself when you are facing a mountain. Tell God, God, I know that you can do this again. You've done it in my past and you'll do it for my, in my future. God isn't going to fail you guys. He's not. And see, maybe you're blaming something on God tonight. Maybe a failure that you caused in your life, a decision that you made, but God doesn't fail and he's not gonna start now. He sees you in the middle of what you are going through. And I wonder if Joshua thought to himself, man, I wish I could just see a brick fall. I wonder what that would be like if I could just see a little bit of the foundation falling apart. God, we've, we've walked around for six days now and nothing has happened. There's no sign that you're going through, that what is gonna happen will happen, God. Please give me some kind of sign. Don't you and I want that so badly when we're walking through something? God, just give me a little bit. Let me know that my prayers are making somewhat of a difference. But oftentimes there is no sign. And you know what? Joshua got no sign for those six days. Could you imagine how hard that must have been for him? I wonder what the grumbling of the people must have been like. Like, really, Joshua? You think by walking around these building, building, this wall is gonna fall? It took them an hour to walk around the whole thing. They had all of their armor on. It was probably really hot. The people were probably getting so frustrated by everything that was happening. They were probably really close to giving up. Just like you and I are sometimes when we're praying for something to happen. When we're waiting for God to send a breakthrough in our lives, and it seems like there is no answer. I wonder if the people at the top of the wall of Jericho were looking down, mocking, saying that your God has no power, that this isn't going to happen. What are these ridiculous people doing? When you are praying for something impossible, people will mock you guys. They'll look down on you. People will say, this is impossible. They will try everything they can to get you from seeing that breakthrough. Don't listen to them. Don't buy into it. Stand on your faith and you know who God is and he will bring those mountains down in your life. So let's go to verse 15. On the seventh day, they rose really early at the dawn of the day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. So the people shouted, and the trumpets were blown. And as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout. And the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Then they devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, ox and sheep, and donkeys 
with the edge of the sword. And so on the seventh day, their breakthrough comes. The walls come crumbling down. God did what he said he would do. And here's my question for you. What if they would have stopped on day two? What if they would have given up on day four? What if they got back to the camp after that day and they started talking amongst themselves? This is too difficult. God isn't giving us a sign. He's not going to come through for us. This is impossible. They would have missed out on the victory and the mountain that God was about to move for them. You and I give up on day one too much. We give up on day three too much. See through what God has called you to see through. Stop giving up before your time. So many of us do that too often. I know that I have in my life. And you know what? For us, it might not be seven days. Maybe for you, it's seven years. Or maybe it'll be 10 years. But you know what? God is faithful on the other end of what you're going through. And he sees it. And if he's called you to it, his word is true. Those mountains will move in your life if you can pray when it seems like there's no progress. Their faith wasn't in vain and God will reward your faith and those mountains will move. And maybe that's disheartening for you to hear that maybe my thing will be seven years. And I don't know that. I'm just throwing out a number right now. But you know what? It probably won't happen in your timing or when you want. But you know what? God will see it through because he's working something in you alongside. And Joshua knew God would do it again because of all that he had seen. Scripture says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what that means is when God did these things back then, he is still that same God today. And he is still a God who moves mountains. He is still a God who parts the Red Sea, makes a way in the Jordan tears down the walls of Jericho. Your issue and what you are going through and what you are feeling today is no match. It is no rival for our God. Can you just get a little bit of faith in your heart to rise up today that God is a God who does these things? I see so many of you guys suffering and going through so many different things. Tell those mountains to move in your life and they will, guys. They will all because God is still a God who does these things and works in these ways. Are you bold enough to be like Joshua and believe it? See, it's going to take someone being a little bit audacious. And my prayer is that some of you would be, that you would believe this and you would live this in your life, that you would see these things happen. God is searching for someone like that to lead, to be someone who could help hurting people move mountains in their life. You know what? I told you guys some silly stories earlier about things and mountains that I wanted to move in my life. But in my time, I have seen God move mountains that lined up with his will. I've seen God heal people from cancer. I've seen him put marriages back together. You know what the greatest miracle maybe of all is that happens almost on a daily basis that is so impossible that God does all the time that you and I take for granted? It's when a sinner's heart is opened up that their eyes now can see. God does that all the time. 
And that is one of the most impossible things for someone to know that how desperately that they need God and his forgiveness and his mercy. And you know what? It may not seem like a big deal right now on earth, right? It may not seem like this crazy thing. But one day when they're standing in front of their Savior, they're going to go, that was the greatest miracle that ever took place in my life. Because now I'm looking in the eyes of a very real God. And their life for eternity will be different, not just their life on earth. And I've seen people I love with impossible hearts come to know that faith. God is still a God who does these things. He can heal that relationship that some of you feel like will never be better between you and your mom or your dad or that friend at school who work in that person that's sick and bring healing, if you'll believe, if you'll take that tiny mustard seed of faith, he'll do the impossible. Some of you guys that are worried that you're not going to be able to get into college or you're not going to have a future or no one's ever going to care about you or that you're never going to be able to get through this anxiety or this depression, you tell those mountains to move. And yeah, you may be met with some adversity. There may be some walls that come up in your life, but they will fall at the name of Jesus, if you'll just take that tiny mustard seed of faith and have it move. And so here's the bottom line. What I want you guys to know and remember is that God has already moved mountains in your life and he will do it again. He will have the victory in your life in what you're going through today. Will you believe? Will you be like Joshua and trust in the middle of of something impossible that doesn't make sense and doesn't add up, will you trust anyway? Let me pray for you guys. God, I thank you so much that you are the same God, that you do the impossible, that there is no mountain in anyone's life that you can't move. No matter what the enemy is whispering to someone in this room right now, God, no matter what they are feeling or experiencing that mountain bows at the name of Jesus. You have been given all authority over it. And I pray, God, in those moments of praying that we would pursue, God, that we wouldn't give up, that we would keep pushing and we would keep fighting and we would stand on your word and the promise that you've given us, God. God, I pray that you would raise up a couple of kids in here, Lord, who this to the full, Lord. Kids who would see these mountains move in their schools, in their families' lives, God. Kids that would want you more than anything else, God. More than anything that this world has to offer, God. More than fame, more than money, more than sex, more than anything, God. That there would be some who would just want the name of Jesus to be lifted high and glorified in their life. Pray, God that you would do the impossible, that you would heal some people that are sick, God, in this church and that are represented by these kids, God, that you would do what only you can do. By your stripes and by your wounds, we are healed, Jesus. And so sickness has no power over you, God. I pray for broken relationships, relationships that seem like they'll never be able to be healed because the sin was too great, but your love was greater, God, and it would heal those broken relationships, God, that you would mend fathers and their daughters, sons and their mothers back together, Lord, who have 
let a divide come in, Jesus, that you would move that mountain that seems impossible. I pray, God, for people that are just so struggling with anxiety and depression and worry, God, that you would break that in the name of Jesus, that it is no match for you, God, that if they would just call out on your name, they would see it fall on your timing, God. God, for those that don't even want you, that you would pursue them tonight, God, that you would do the impossible. Those that have walked away and turned their back on you, God, that are so drawn in by so many other things, God, that you would show yourself faithful, Lord, that you would break down everything else and show them that you're a mountain mover, that nothing is impossible for the one this in your name.